0: It's the Bengals Nation podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Bengals Nation host Jed DeMusi, with Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor Richard Skinner. Bengals Nation podcast, Richard Skinner. I guess we'll start with, uh, there's obviously some big news that we want to get to with A.J. Green. Any thoughts on the the Patriots game? (laughs)
1: Um, I think that was the final straw for Andy Dalton, to to a large degree, right? I mean, I... Felt like maybe you could get it for another year and you still can I guess but I think that was the one that said it's time to turn the page and move to a new chapter that was kind of the last straw of last straws um, you know it was probably going to happen anyway but if you had any lingering belief hope that he could bridge you for a year or you could go somewhere else in the draft and maybe wait another year right. I think that kind of solidified it and You know, and that's the other part. Plus against that team, you can't turn it over. You can't be minus five in turnovers. Heck, you probably can't be minus one in turnovers against that group and and lose. And the unfortunate part is you did a couple things really well. You had Joe Mixon run the ball well again, and you played probably a winning defensive performance for a a fifth straight game. Uh, But you you can't be minus five against those guys. They're going to kill you. Uh,
0: We'll have... uh... Plenty of time to get into a discussion on the NFL draft and, and where the Bengals will go with that. There's really going to be a lot of time to dive into that.
2: Yeah, I probably won't play this year. Um, I think um, came to a decision. He like it's best for me to just take this year off, um, just to get this thing to heal. So you know, and uh, long run in the you know for the next couple of years of my career, I won't have no no problem. So
0: AJ Green is officially done for the remainder of the year. We thought that. On this podcast, we mentioned that, that he would at some point play, or we at least thought that he would at some point play just to put something on tape after injuring his ankle in the first 45 minutes of practice at Welcome Stadium to open training camp. He will not. He will not play the remainder of this year. What are your initial thoughts?
1: Um, it's, it's twofold. Um, I, I don't doubt that he's not 100%. I don't doubt that. But I also doubt... Doubt the fact that he's not well enough to play, but with free agency looming, the last thing he can afford to do is to um, hurt himself again. And so this is the safe play. This is putting yourself in a bubble. And and the way it's played out is he's still trying to look like a good guy in this process too. Of uh, and I think that it came to this whole foot specialist thing. Even though he said today that this was pre-planned, I'm I'm sorry that I have a hard time believing that. Um, He's looked good the last few Sundays warming up uh, and, and doing some stuff in pregame. And so now you've gotten to the point where we'd all seen it. Um, it had been reported. And so, you know, it looks like all systems are go that, hey, he is going to play the final two games. And now if you're him, you're at that stage where this team has nothing left to play for. You 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 feel like you've done enough in your career to your body of work and free agency is going to be, right. look at me. And, yes, if you need me to come run for you for a day, I'll come run for you for a day to show that my ankle's healthy. Uh, all, all those things, I think he is, his whole thought process is, I don't owe anything to this franchise because they have not negotiated in good faith with me.
2: When I first got drafted here, I, mean, I always wanted to stay one city um, and try to help Bill. Um, that's the kind of person I am. But like I said, again, you know, this is business. You know, I've been hurt these last two years and you know, I could change things. Um, but I understand my value for this team. I understand what I bring to this team. I know what I have left in the tank to still play at a high level for the next couple of years. Um, so I also know that that part, um, and some people may not think that because I've been hurt these two years, but I know the work that I put in, I know the work that I, I put in on and off the of field, on my body, um, you know, injuries just happen. Um, it's not like this soft injury, uh, soft tissue stuff that where you can you get injured like that, it's this freak stuff that happened, and I, that's sports. I do understand both sides of this, I really do. Um, and I'm not all anti-Bengals, and I'm not all
1: anti-A.J. Green of this, or pro-A.J., pro-Bengals. I see both sides of it. The Bengals are looking at a guy who's gonna be 32 years old with a recent injury history, not just this injury. Last year, two years ago, right? well, technically three years ago, but yeah, I mean, two years ago, he played a whole year, a uh, whole season. So there's a history now of, of this. At 32 years old, I'm not sure I'm throwing top dollar at that guy, and I'm sorry if that hurts his feelings or if he feels he still is owed that or still is worth that. If you as the franchise don't, then that's where you're at, but you were under contract this year, and. I think you owe it to your team to play, even if you're 85 or 90%. That's the way this league is. And I I get it's a business. And you do have to look out for number one. And that's where I think you're starting to see. I think what you're starting to see, Jed, honestly, is I think you're starting to see players across this league start to understand how to play the game when it gets to push comes to shove, of I got an owie or, you know, I I got a concussion. um, And it's going to keep lingering until I feel like it's not going to linger anymore. And you guys don't like it, tough. And so I think you're seeing guys starting to figure out ways to game the system. And. Part of me says, good for you guys, but it's also you, your guys collectively bargain this. I mean, this is the way it works. You can blame your union. You can blame each other. Point your fingers at each other for this stuff. And so that that's what disappoints me um, overall. I do think A.J. Green needs to show some people that he can still play. I mean, you, you've you seen enough pro sports, and NFL in particular, when you start getting injuries at an, adva- at an advanced stage of your career. And he's not an old guy. He's not an old human being. Right. He's an old NFL player. What's the guarantee that you feel comfortable that he's going to come back? I, I, I mean, I asked Zach that. What, what gives you the confidence that he's going to come back fully healthy without seeing him? You can hope it. You can wish it. You can want it. But are you going to give that guy more than more than a year as a franchise right. tag player on the if-come? No, I'm not. I, I just I think it's, it'd be ludicrous. Look, and some team will probably sign him. And who knows? If for whatever reason he comes back 1,000%, he's still going to have three, four, five productive years probably. I'm just not sure if I'm rebuilding this thing that I'm banking on that, and I'm throwing money at that. I'm throwing money at Joe Mixon before I'm throwing money at him, and that also factors into this equation, believe it or not.
0: Do you think that him sitting out a full year that he will be able to spin it as I'm 32, but I've my odometer isn't ticking this year?
1: No question, absolutely. That's what the Le'Veon Bell camp tried to to, to spin as well, as Le'Veon has one year less on the tread on the tires. Well, Lavion shows like maybe he does have one year less tread, but maybe there wasn't a tread, a lot of tread left to begin with, and
0: um, you know. And, like, and, and how how close? I hate to cut you up. No, no. How close does it mirror? Uh, that situation I think a lot where you've got a guy who knows that this is gonna be my last contract yep. and I'm not gonna leave a penny on the table yeah
1: I think I think it mirrors it quite a bit I think the only difference is Le'Veon Bell just basically was up front and said either pay me or I ain't playing and AJ was and he, look he did get hurt let's let's cut that part sure. I mean he got hurt that was a legitimate injury right. that occurred on the first day of camp that cost him a legitimate period of time but they look they didn't they, if they'd have had any inkling whatsoever that he was even going to miss the first eight games, which is a chunk, right? We're talking now a whole season. They would have IR'd him, and he would have been back by now, even if they'd IR'd him. It's something we fought through all year, and I, I certainly know that A.J.'s intention is, is, was to try to get healthy, try to play. Um, you know, just went up there to check it. It wasn't like any, there was any setback or anything like that. He just wanted to make sure everything was good, and, and he'll be good in the offseason. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll still make some decisions on him here these next two weeks about this season. Um, but... You know, he and I have had some great conversations. I've been involved in his line of thinking and, and where he's at physically. And you know, it's 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 unfortunate that um, it was a very difficult injury. That's hard to come back from, you know. And, the, and at at the end of the day, um, your wishful thinking was that it wasn't going to be so long term. But there was really at the end of the, no way of knowing that. And this was a really tough injury for him that's kept him out the whole season and. We've all seen him try to fight to get back out there, and it just hasn't worked out. So they had a full belief, not only that he was going to be back, but that he was going to be back in a fairly short window, four games, five games, something well before that eight-week window that you would have had to have sat out for the, for the IR. So they believed that. And as the more it lingered, I think as the more this season went on, and then when his guy got changed out at quarterback coming out of the bye week, there was some other bump along the way that almost gave him the excuse of, no, not, not going to do it. I'm, And now when you got now to this late part of the process, it's almost lights at the end of the tunnel. I've made my way through this. I've negotiated my way through the landmine of this. I think people still hold me in high regard. Fans, I've, I've tried to do this the right way and tell them I can't play because I'm hurt. So I think he's done it in a much different way and still looks pretty good in the, in the process. But I, I'm just going back to whatever camp you believe in. This is, again, a 32-year-old wide receiver with an injury history over the last you know, three of the last four years. That makes me at least have pause to do nothing more than at the very most now franchise tag him. He says he understands it. A couple weeks ago he actually said he didn't understand it, but now he says he understands it, wouldn't be happy with it, won't show up at OTAs, won't show up at offseason stuff, and point blank told us, hey, it's a business. That's the, again, those organized team things are, are they're not mandatory, they are voluntary. 99% of players show up for it because it is important for team success. And let's face it, you drafted. A, a, let's say you draft Joe Burrow. Let's go to that point of it. Okay. Um, wouldn't you want AJ Green if right. he's on your roster to get some r- r- rapport with Joe Burrow, other than just the training camp practices? Um, he initially said he wasn't sure about training camp, and then I think the wheels turned in his head. He realized it's a mandatory thing, so these franchise tag. He would. He he would. And he said. He also told us. He said, "Listen, I also got to get in some football shape too." So I get that part of it. So, but the question is then. Does he tell them, don't put me in, I ain't playing a preseason game. Uh-uh, I'll, I'll play when the regular season comes along, but I'm not going to play in preseason. But then how do you get a rapport with, with new quarterbacks? So it's a very tough spot. It's a slippery slope for them. I,
0: I would say that at this point, the likelihood of this situation for next year playing out would probably be a franchise tag situation. At best. That, that that would be the likely scenario. I,
1: Yes, or they just grant him full free. They've determined that, listen, this is just not going to work for any of us. Um, we're going to take the franchise tag money and start putting that towards. And, and that's where Joe Mixon factors in. I think they go hand in hand. Joe Mixon's contract is up. His rookie contract is up after uh, the 2020 season. So Joe is now in that mode of, and I get him, if you're Joe Mixon right now in this coming off season, isn't this the offseason you go, extend me? And if you don't get extended, then you start to play the game of, listen I'm not gonna kill myself in my contract here if you're not gonna extend me I'm people seen what I can do on tape I I can see Joe playing this this kind of same thing Joe seems like he's cut from a a, a, I don't want to say a more competitive cloth because that's not fair but again when you start to see veterans do this and you start to understand the business portion of this then it's time for you to make the business decision and people could say well he's under contract yeah he is but that doesn't mean I, I, he doesn't I, get an owie. An owie. I, I, don't ha-
0: I don't even have the mental capacity to think about doing this again. Well, we're another, going to. You know, yeah. yeah. We're go-
1: I mean, it could be just a full-fledged holdout of, listen, I'm not playing at all if you don't go ahead and extend me. And I get it. I mean, as a running back, I mean, all the hits you take, week 11 of your free agency year, you go down with a knee injury. There goes your payday. It's out the window. It's gone. Now some team, yeah, some team may sign you the next year, but it's on the if-come. It's on the... One year plan. It's let's see you on an incentive laden deal. Um, so I'm, I I do. I get it. Um, and I think the only way around this is the NFLPA has to collectively bargain some kind of different contract formula. And I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough or privy enough to understand how they would do that, what they would do. Maybe you cut the four year rookie deal down to three years, um, make it a tighter window so they get right. paid sooner. Uh, but I think we're going to go through something similar, Joe, and I would fully understand it. I, I'm Joe Mixon. I'm looking at the. I'm not leaving money on the table. This is my time to cash in. I've shown enough. I mean, he's going to have 1,000 yards this year boring some kind of freak thing in the last two games. He's clearly going to, hell, he may even exceed last year's total if he has two good games in the finale despite that awful start. And I think anybody that's covered this team, follows this team, sees this team, is a fan of this team, is mad at this team, can respect the hell out of the way Joe Mixon has played. Um, I know I certainly do. And so you see that and you see a guy coming into his contract year. I think it's almost... Got to pay him, but you can't pay THEM all. So maybe I'm taking the AJ money and giving it to Joe Mixon, and I'll go draft a wide receiver, and we'll start from scratch. Hell, in 2011, they drafted AJ Green number one, Andy Dalton number two. Maybe this year it's Joe Burrow number one, wide receiver number two. I mean, second round, not number sure, two, but yeah. in the second round. That was a pretty good marriage for a long time, and it worked pretty well for a long time. Maybe it can work again.
0: Do you? And int- this is completely hypothetical do you think that if if the Bengals franchise AJ Green next year that AJ Green ends his career as a Bengal
1: I think no that's a a good question too Um, no I, I think that at that point I think at that point, he would probably say, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to I'm gonna walk. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. If he does, and especially if he has a good year, I think at that point, I think he would say, you guys did me wrong. Um, I didn't want this. You knew I didn't want this. You know at my age. And he's even talking about it, and he gets it. At his age, that's kicking the can one more year down the road, right? right? And so now I'm already talking in terms of him being a 32-year-old wide receiver, right, and getting paid. So then people are looking, going, oh, are we really going to pay a 33-year-old wide receiver four years? And Pick a figure for me, eighteen million a year? Probably not. So all that's happened there for that poor guy, I shouldn't say poor guy, that's not the best poor choice of words, because um, he's going to be a rich guy. But he just kicks the can another year down the sure. road, and so I, he doesn't want that. I think that would really offend
0: him. More from Richard Skinner in a little bit, but here's what to expect on Bengals Nation coming up Saturday at 1130. I was keeping it 100 with Andrew Billings, who has taken up a hobby. Now, you were telling me that you are picking
2: up the cello yeah, I, you know, I just started that like six months ago. What was that? What 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 prompted that? Uh, just something to do with my off time, you know. Just I played ballet growing up, so I wanted to experience something new, something different. So I started <laughs> taking other lessons. More
0: from Billings on Bengals Nation Saturday night, including who he thinks the best musician in the Bengals locker room is. All right, we're back with Richard Skinner as we look ahead to the Dolphins. A loss in this game for the Bengals. Uh, clinch is the number one Clinch-miss. overall pick. I don't know. Clinchmas should be reserved for a Jay Bruce home run it hitting the batter's eye. But this is closer to Astros. Christmas, though, right? That's true. That's true. Um, that being said, th- th- Clinch-mica. Th- this is a Dolphins team that has three wins. Uh, they've beaten Indy. They've beaten the Jets, Jets. and they beat somebody, somebody else,
1: decent. Yeah, somebody decent actually. So
0: um, I think this team has had their own roster issues. They've had Minka Fitzpatrick say, "I don't want on this team anymore." They uh, traded Laramie Tunsil. They traded Laramie Tunsell before the season started. Josh Rosen was maybe supposed to get a crack. (laughs) Didn't work so good. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Kenyon Drake. Traded Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake, who got his first win this season last week with the Arizona Cardinals against the Cleveland Browns. Um, Dave Lappin was mentioning to us that uh, they've been through 80 players. That's incredible. On this team. That's crazy. That's a ton. And they're they're still kind of, and, and Zach Taylor mentioned it during the press conference, that he reminds them a lot of the Bengals. Right. This is a team that has fallen short in a handful of games. This is a team that's still, for the most part, going out and, and giving it their all.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they were an organization when the year started that fully, almost blatantly said, we're tanking this. Uh, we're going to accumulate as much uh, much stock as we can in draft picks. We're going to pair ourselves of as much of the roster money as we can because we are going to strip this bear and start from scratch. They They – almost readily admitted that right and yet the head coach has to fight through that and figure out game plans to try to because the players and coaches are trying to win and brian flores even this week said hey listen man we're still we're trying even though a a loss for miami keeps them in the running for the number one pick he said we're not worried about that stuff we're we're still trying to win games and I, i i fully i fully understand that it's it's a tough scenario i think it's tougher for them because um, like I said, the front office basically tried to make this a, a season in which you were going to be unsuccessful, unlike the Bengals in which this just has been unsuccessful, not by grand design, just by the way things have, have, have played its way out. But I do think there is some similarities because I do think you've seen, we've talked about this, the Bengals continue to, I don't think I question their effort. I mean, maybe a couple plays here and there this year I've looked and gone, I don't know about that. But I think as the year has gone on, I mean, we're 14 games in, and I still, I mean, like I mentioned, Joe Mixon, Dude runs hard still, man, and you watch the defense; they're still flying to the football. So you see all that. And I think you see that from the Dolphins. And as Jack, I think you're right, as Zach mentioned too. I mean, you got players really on both teams. You're now at the point where you're trying to put some tape stuff on tape for next year. For some team, it may not be the team you're currently on to to take a crack at, at you. So um, yeah, I, 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 it, it is two teams similar in that regard. They're just not very good.
0: Eagles, the other team. Yes, the Dolphins beat. I don't know if they're decent. Calling the Eagles decent is hey, they're tied for first. Sure, wow. Um, Okay, so this game at one o'clock, you can see it on local twelve Sunday. Your prediction? I'll go. I'll go Bengals. Actually,
1: they 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 make fans sweat for another week. I think they go down there and win. I just think their their personnel is better. They are still playing. Um, The running game, I think, has been so consistently good. And you go back to New England again. you, You take away the five turnovers, which you can't do. I realize that. Honestly, they're toe-to-toe with doing that. I think that game would have ended up as a one-possession game at the end if the Bengals don't hand them the gifts they hand. I mean, they literally handed them, what, 17, point, 17 points in the span of three possessions, the Erickson fumble, uh, the first of Andy's interceptions that led to a touchdown, the second of Andy's interceptions that was returned for touchdowns. That's 17 points right there. Um, you know, so uh, I, they, they, they still, I think, are playing winning football on that side of the ball. I'll go Bengals with an offensive explosion against this defense. <laughs> Bengals 27-23
0: still looking for their first second half touchdown in since, seven games it's the Jaguars seven I games
1: believe. do you know this I have to look at this Jed this is this would be incredible to me the Bengals scored 20 points in that span two of those on a safety on, on defense so six field goals otherwise 18 points I know of two defensive touchdowns by the opposition Stefan Gilmore's pick six and then Baltimore had a uh, had a pick six or had a fumble recovery for a touchdown right. I'm not so sure if I didn't look up other turnovers that probably set teams up where it would have been in field goal range. If it's possible in those seven games, if the opposition had never taken an offensive snap, if they still would have outscored the Bengals. It's damn possible. Think about
0: that for a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's hard to think about, uh, especially you know considering the fact that Andy Dalton was supposed to come back and potentially uh, lift this team up a little bit. Lift them high. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to you, Richard Skinner. Same to you, Jen. We'll be back next week to uh, wrap this one up as the Bengals get ready for the Browns.